Welcome to On Jordan, a podcast on the latest developments in Jordanian politics, featuring interviews with experts from across the Hashemite kingdom. My name is Aaron Magid, a former Oman-based journalist, now in Washington. With Petra chosen as one of the seven new wonders of the world by a vote of over 100 million people, tourism has played a critical role in Jordan's economy. In 2019, tourism accounted for approximately 13% of the Hashemite kingdom's GDP, and Petra alone received 1.1 million visitors that year. Yet, Due to the pandemic, 2020 and 2021 were challenging times for tourism in Jordan. In 2020, revenue from tourism plunged to less than 25% compared to the previous year. With fewer tourism jobs across the kingdom, unemployment jumped to 25% last year. But with vaccines more widespread, Jordanians this year are now optimistic that tourists will head back to the Hashemite Kingdom. And United Airlines will be launching flights from Washington, D.C. to Oman later this month the first direct route from the United States to Jordan by a U.S. airline in years. So in addition to the gem of Petra, what are the best tourist attractions to see in the Hashemite Kingdom? And what are the biggest misperceptions of Jordan in the tourist industry worldwide worth correcting? So who better to discuss this topic than Jordan's tourism minister himself, Naya Falfayas? Prior to his current post, His Excellency served as Jordan's environment minister during the Mulki and Rizaz governments. Minister Fayez received his master's degree in public relations from Brigham Young University in Utah. Thank you for joining us, Minister. Thank you, Aaron, and it's a pleasure to be with you today. Many Americans and Europeans have been unable to travel for nearly two years due to the pandemic. Why do you think tourists should consider visiting Jordan? Well, it's uh, as simple as this. I mean, it is a place that gives you uh, such a, a unique experience. We are proud of, of showing to our visitors in addition to the many and unique places that we have in Jordan, such as Petra or the baptism site where the location of the baptism of Jesus Christ or uh, the wonderful archaeological sites within the country or uh, Wadi Ram, Valley of the Moon uh, or the Dead Sea, the largest natural spa uh, or the wonderful nature reserves that we have within the country or and or and or and or. But I think uh, one of the most uh, wonderful things that we get feedback, the visitors themselves, when they come to Jordan, they say you have a wonderful country, but the most uh, wonderful thing that you have within your country are the people of Jordan. Uh, we take it for granted as Jordanians because this is something that we uh, are, are born and uh, raised to live with because this is our nature. But when visitors come to Jordan, they notice this and we try to uh, make sure that this is something that is continued for our visitors when they come to our uh, uh, wonderful country. When speaking to colleagues abroad, what are the misperceptions of Jordan you wish to correct? The biggest uh, misperception, Aaron, I'll be very frank with you, comes from, from people are uh, hesitant to come to Jordan thinking, is it safe? And we were reluctant in many occasions to speak about it as, as, as officials. But I, I discovered that, no, we should discuss it because it's, it's a major issue. And we said, you know, let's not ask us, let's not ask ourselves as, as Jordanians or people who live within the region or live in Jordan, if it's safe or not. Let's ask the tourists themselves. So we did conduct uh, a few uh, interviews and we uh, brought journalists and we brought different people to come and visit and experience Jordan for themselves. Uh, the funny thing is that many of them, they keep telling us, you know what? It's safer than home. 
and and that's the situation in many places from the states we receive many places from europe we receive they said you know we feel it's very safe when we travel within the country it's unfortunate for us and it harms us to be very frank with you you know it affects tourism because people are, are reluctant to come to the country sometimes because they see the media and they see what's happening within the region and they presume that jordan is part of what's happening within within the region so we try to explain Jordan is a country within its border. It has independent border. Yes, we might be bordering many other countries where they, they have uh, issues and sometimes a uh, crisis happening. But we do not feel them because we live, we live in, a, in a separate country. You have borders with, with, with Canada, you have borders with Mexico. So if something happens in another country, doesn't mean that it's happening in your country, first of all. And sometimes you would not even feel it because you are not part of it. Funny enough, today, uh, things are happening in, in Europe uh, and in Russia, so maybe focus has gone there. Uh, uh, we, we were hoping that they don't look at us and, and we wanted to come to Jordan because of what's happening in, 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 the, in that region. Because So misperception, if I may say, is one of the biggest challenges that we had about is it safe? And we were so glad to hear people themselves saying, yes, it is safer than home. Are there any new tourist attractions that have opened in Jordan during the past five years? Jordan never stops uh, uh, producing new products within within the country. As I as I mentioned at the beginning, we have a diverse product from from nature to archaeology to archaeological to uh, religious to uh, uh, wellness uh, to medical tourism, uh, educational tourism. So that diversity gives us that opportunity to always find something new. Uh, yes, Jordan is a small country, but it is huge and large within the product that it, it owns and the diversity of the product that it has. So there's always something new, especially in the archaeological aspects of things. Uh, Jordan is uh, home to more than uh, 100,000 archaeological sites. Uh, 15,000 of those sites are, are documented and, and have uh, studies being conducted on them. Those sites that are accessible to tourism are, are plenty in Jordan. You could come just experience those and at the same time combine them with other, other places. So answering to your question, yes, there are something new sometimes within sites themselves, within locations themselves, and as I said, also within the country. From accommodation activities to archaeological places to nature places, and I think the last, the last thing that we were proud of in, in, in introducing in the last five years was the Jordan Trail. Uh, that's the, an adventure trail or, or a, a natural trail that connects the country from north to south. And this is something that we are proud of. And we're seeing more and more people coming into Jordan. Something also that we, we, we are proud of uh, working with, with some of the tour operators in the United States is what we call meaningful experiences or meaningful map, the meaningful map where the tourists come to Jordan, they visit sites, but also they are engaged with local communities. They leave some of what, what they brought and some of the benefits they bring into the country to the local communities. They, they interact with the local communities, they experience what the local communities, both from culture, culinary, and so on. Again, we can talk hours and hours about what's what's happening in Jordan. Jordan still, uh, yes, we have a lot of development happening, but still in the process of developing and introducing, that is going to be continuing in the coming five to ten years also. Tourists in Jordan often focus on the southern gems of Petra and Wadi Rum. What are the most exciting parts of the capital Amman tourists should make sure not to miss? 
Well, it's not only the capital Amman. Uh, you know, uh, the north of Jordan is the home also to many of the decapolises, the ten decapolises that are there, you know, uh, that are known. Uh, the north is home to a few of those places. Uh, people, when they go and visit Jarash, as, as an example, they, it is one of the most uh, preserved Roman city outside Rome. You know, they, when they go there, they're astonished that it's not only small ruins here and there. It is, it is a whole city. That it's worth visiting. Um, Qais is another wonderful place. Um, Rijman is, is another place. Uh, uh, Amman is a mixture between modern and traditional uh, culture, and it's, it's worth visiting. You can come and see the modern side of Jordan, but also with, with the Jordanian flavor. Uh, I don't know if you had the chance to go to Petro. I keep describing, you know, you go and you go and you walk through the Sikh, and once you reach that Indiana Jones experience, I, I may say, you see the tragedy. We say this is just the gateway. The tragedy is just the gateway to the many treasures of Jordan and to the many places. So we tell them, don't limit your visit to a small few days in the south. Jordan is easy and accessible, and it's easy to travel from south to north. It's a few hours because it's, you don't have to take flights or planes. It is uh, uh, just driving distance from one place to another. And while it's moving from one place to another, there are experiences, different experiences along the way that you can go through. For those tourists interested in museums, what are the best museums to see in the Hashemite Kingdom? We, we like to call ourselves, uh, uh, I'll describe ourselves, Jordan is an open-air museum. For one reason, the archaeological sites that are in Jordan, they are diverse, they are spread throughout the country, they are intact in a lot of them, and sometimes they're, they're, they're unique in, in, in a lot of what they represent and what they show within the country. We named one of them Petra, but uh, there are many, many other places that, that when visitors come and they see the open air museum that we are proud of. Uh, but at the same time, we do have museums and worth visiting. You mentioned Amman. Amman has one of the beautiful museums, the Jordan Museum. Uh, we have the Car Museum, by the way. Which the Car Museum it, it talks about the modern history of Jordan through the, the, the cars that were owned by the royal family since the beginning of uh, the establishment of the country more than 100 years ago. So it's another museum worth uh, visiting. The Tank Museum, it, it also displays a different kind of museum. We have the Water Museum, which is which is underwater museum for uh, the, the military water museum in the uh, Red Sea. So these are the different museums that we're talking about and the best museums. So if people are interested in museums, they have the archaeological museums, of course. Most important, we say, the open air museum that you can never go wrong with it. But also we encourage them to visit the, uh, the, the best museums. We have over 30 museums within the country that people can go to. Tourists from the United States entering the airport in Amman are required to pay about $55 for a visa. Are there any plans on changing this rule to attract additional tourists? Well, I don't think the visa cost is an issue. I mean, wherever you go to a country, you have to pay visa to enter to a country. But giving you good news, people don't have to worry about the visa when they buy the Jordan Pass. The Jordan Pass is a pass that we created that uh, enables any visitors to Jordan who's staying three nights or more uh, to buy this uh, pass. What it enables him to do is he can go and visit all uh, the archaeological sites within the country that belongs to the Minister of Tourism and uh, Antiquities within that same pass, including Petra, of course. And at the same time, he will be exempt from the visa. So it's in a way, yes, the, the exemption of, of, of the visa for those who are coming to visit Jordan for more than three days are exempt. And also the tour operators, 
when they bring uh, visitors through tour operators uh, in, in the United States or, or other countries, also they have they have this uh, advantage of uh, being exempt from uh, paying the visa. So the issue of the visa, to be very frank with you, is not an issue. It could be only for those who are coming for business or for, for a one-day stay for some uh, other activities. Now, which countries bring the most tourists to Jordan? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, if I may, I would like to divide them. There is what we call uh, regional and Arab tourism and international tourism. If I look at the international tourism, uh, in terms of nationality, the United States is the largest nationality. Uh, in terms of uh, area region, it is Europe after the United States. Uh, also, in the, from the region, we have a lot of, uh, in summer, they say it's hot. Uh, Jordan is very much a Mediterranean weather, uh, with the advantage that it's not humid. On the contrary, it's more pleasant than, than many other Mediterranean countries that you would visit during summer. Uh, summer. Yes, it is warm. I'm not saying it's cold. It's warm, but it's not as hot as it is in the uh, Gulf countries. And this is why a lot of people from the Gulf and from Saudi Arabia, they come to Jordan during summer to enjoy the wonderful weather of Jordan. And in particular, Amman, as you mentioned, and the northern part of Jordan. Has Russia's war in Ukraine impacted Jordan's tourism industry? Definitely it will have an impact, but our depending on, on, on Russian and Ukrainian tourists, compared to many other countries is is uh, not as big uh, i mentioned europe as in, in general is, is uh, we have a lot of european countries that are uh, larger than russian and, and ukraine market of course it, it will have an impact any loss of tourists or arrivals has an impact on jordan but the number is not like other countries that rely heavily on the russian and ukrainian markets on a personal note tell us what day-to-day -day life is like serving as tourism minister very busy, <laughs> especially after the COVID and, and, and during the COVID. And now as we are trying to recover, bringing back uh, tourism to where it was in 2019. Uh, uh, so we, we, are, we are trying to, you know, raise time to, to, to come back to where we were as soon as possible. So it's been very busy. At the same time, it's exciting. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with, with a wonderful thing. It's, it's tourism. It's, 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 it's bringing happiness to people. It brings good to people. It's, it benefits the locals as much as it benefits the visitor. Uh, it, it has an impact on our economy. Jordan, Jordan is a small economy. So it is 13% of the GDP of our economy. So that's why sitting, bringing it back as soon as possible, it makes a difference. Because we had been uh, impacted by the last two years. We, we saw a big drop in our in our receipts and, and our uh, contribution to the economy, which had, uh, unfortunately, an impact also on less fortunate people, on people who depended heavily on tourism. Is there anything else you haven't mentioned about Jordan's tourism industry that you think is important? You know, in Jordan, we are, we are a country that's open. We are open for investment. Investment in the tourism industry in particular uh, have never stopped, even during the corona, by the way, we continue to see investment in the tourism industry, investment for both foreign and, and, and local investment because we are open for, for a full opportunity for any foreigner who to come and invest in the country and the tourism industry and other industries. But at the same time, uh, it has an impact on, on many lives. So the big names, the big uh, chains, the big investment are there. But most important, I say, is local communities, smaller uh, unfortunate areas, uh, uh, impact in the lives of women and, and youth. These are things that we are focusing on. This is what we want to make uh, available for both 
the tourists to come and experience and see and at the same time opportunities for those there to have some kind of benefit from tourism so this is maybe another subject that one day we can sit down and talk about in depth and depth uh, together in one of your programs well thank you very much minister it was great to have you on the podcast thank you thank you for having me with you today That was Jordan's Tourism Minister, Nayef Al-Fayez. Here's what else you should know this week. Last Wednesday, a Jordanian court sentenced Walid al-Kurdi, the husband of King Abdullah's aunt, Princess Basma, to 18 years of hard labor, along with a fine of $268 million, due to corruption charges when Kurdi served as chairman of a state-owned mining company. Kurdi currently lives in the United Kingdom and remains out of jail, as London has declined to extradite him to the Hashemite Kingdom, despite the close ties between the UK and Jordan. In other news, the United Nations Human Rights Council issued a statement on Friday expressing concern for the continued detention of peaceful Jordanian activists in what appears to be part of a deliberate campaign to silence dissent. The UN Human Rights Council added, a series of arrests of activists has taken place under the Law on Crime Prevention, an overbroad law that allows governors to authorize the detention of anyone deemed to be a danger to society without charge and without effective access to due process and fair trial guarantees. Finally, the U.S. news website Axios reported on Wednesday that Jordanian and Israeli officials are expected to meet after Ramadan in a bid to reduce tensions at the Haram al-Sharif slash Temple Mount compound in Jerusalem. On April 17th, Jordan's foreign minister, Ayman Safadi, summoned Israel's deputy ambassador, Sami Abu Jared, both of Jews' background, protesting provocative Israeli violations at the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Axios noted that Israeli officials were upset with Jordan's prime minister for supporting Palestinians who threw rocks at Israeli police. During an April 25th call with U.S. President Joe Biden, King Abdullah urged the respect of the historical and legal status quo at the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Before I go, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts to be notified of new episodes. And feel free to listen to previous week's episodes on Jordan's view of Russia's invasion of Ukraine with Professor Hassan Barari, and the Hashemite Kingdom's drug war along the Syrian border with journalist Mohammed Ersan. Finally, if you're listening to the podcast, especially if you live in Jordan and think you'd be a great guest, please reach out to me on Twitter at Aaron Magid or via email aaron.magid1 at gmail.com. And kulamu entu mikhir for those celebrating Eid al-Fitr. Thanks for listening.